0: Hello and welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I am your host Greg Reese. Today is Sunday, March 5th, the first Sunday of March 2023. Hopefully uh hopefully it's over with, but you might hear a dog yelping. I got the porch door open cuz it's so nice right now here in Florida. Truly sunny Florida right now. Uh, In the panhandle here, it's not always sunny. Not complaining, because I do love the... I appreciate the uh, gray skies here, too. Anyways, I think it's just a dog on a porch that won't shut up. But I think it's, it's over with now. Hope you guys are doing well. If it's not sunny Florida where you are, I hope it's beautiful and peaceful and healthy. I hope you're all doing good and being healthy and treating yourself with love and respect and kindness and focusing on your well-being. That's the subtext of today's title. Today's title uh, is, it's all about the poison. And the subtext, uh, to get off, we might not talk about it so much in this episode, but the subtext is definitely, uh, this is why we have to focus on our health and our well-being and focus on the health and well-being of our loved ones and our neighbors has to be our focus because, uh... I think it's good to keep in mind as we go through this today how you can't, uh, this idea of coming together, banding together to blame the big, rich, fat cats for greed, that's not what this is about. This is, um, that's part of the show, that's part of the charade, part of the charade they have it all worked into the system and the accounting to uh, to manage that and profit off of it. That's just another point of profit for this whole scam. More, It's a lot darker than a scam. I'm, I can't really completely wrap my head around it. But uh, the one thing that's interesting is throughout every step of the process, it is... Requiring our energy to give it life. And so that's the subtext. First and foremost, above everything else, is to detach and stop giving it life. At that point, once we can manage that much, once, once we can manage to stop feeding it our own energy... At that point, we can then reassess the problem and see what's going on and go from there. But the first course of action really needs to be, you know, stop uh, being an unwitting uh, accessory. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I, um, I notice just now for the first time, uh, that my voice sounds a little, uh, something like I have a cold or something. So I, for one, I'm going to, as soon as I'm done with this, do some, uh, vitamin C, probably a vitamin C, zinc dose and get out in some sun and uh, focus on health and well-being for myself. I recommend everyone do the same thing. So anyways, moving forward, uh, I guess before I get into the notes, um, if you haven't seen my Celia Farber interview, I posted that on my Substack. There are two parts. There is a part about an hour-ish for... For uh, everyone, free to the public. And then there is about an hour-ish for subscribers only. And there are audio versions of both, paralleling both of those because the video in Substack is still in beta. I think they launched it about a year ago in beta. As far as I know, it still is. And I have been getting a lot of comments from people that are saying they have issues playing these videos. And I thank you for uh, those comments. I'm forwarding them to Substack to help with their process and uh, of getting it straightened out. Because everything else that they have, the things that they have that aren't in beta, I've never had any real trouble with. There seems to be a, a bit of an issue with people who trying to cancel their accounts. Um, but what I have found is you can email them, you know, like in most cases, you got to dig a little bit to get that email in the support. But, uh, once you do, they seem to get back to you pretty quick. I'm a big fan of Substack. Anyways, so there's audio versions there for the, those people who can't play your video. And uh, it was pretty good. It was, uh, I thought it went very well. It was, as always, an interesting conversation with Celia Farber. The bit about um, Sweden and the gender-bending experiments that were going on there back, like, before World War II, I think is very telling. Very interesting, kind of shines a light on, on more of what we're experiencing now, because I never heard, anyways, we, we got into that, so if you haven't seen that yet, check it out. Uh, I referred to it as the uh, second interview and uh, edited it to correct myself saying it's the first The next one out should be Rick DeSantis. And in that one, I believe I introduce him as the first interview. And I will also be editing that out, changing it and correcting it. Well, I'll probably leave it in like I did the first one to keep in that same theme and um, correct it to second interview. Okie dokie. We're going to get into it. It's all about the poison. So we're going to be talking about... Ohio train and other things. This was uh, a lot of this information was going to be a report that I was planning on putting out Friday or Saturday. As in this past Friday and Saturday. And I hit a brick wall in the research, which happens sometimes. Sometimes I, I'm in the middle of something and I can't get the research is in getting me to a place where I can tell a story, in my opinion, for the, what I'm trying to do with showing links and stuff. Like, sometimes I'll, like, basically, I'll see something and I'll assume that I know where it's going. And I'll be like, okay, this is, and then once I start getting enough sources and evidence of that story, then I'll just take a dive and I'll say, okay, I bet you this is all, I bet you this will all pan out and I'll get in. And in, and in most cases it does. Um, in most cases I'm able to find all the, in most cases I probably found all those sources before I dove in. I was like, okay, here it is. But in sometimes I just kind of feel like it's there and I just haven't looked that hard. And in some cases, once I start looking hard, I realize, oh, I can't really find that thing that's going to wrap it all up. So So it doesn't do for a Reese report, but it does for a ramble rant Sunday afternoon podcast. So let's go over some things that we know about Ohio. There were 150 cars on the train. Nine of them were empty. There are... These bearing failure detectors, I'm not sure exactly, there's different names for them, hot boxes that read, uh, take infrared photographs of the wheel and the bearing at certain points along the track. And because because uh, bearing failure is a thing. Now there's a video going around. Um, this was one of the dead ends I had because at first I thought this video was super interesting. It was a video going around about the heat at these wheel-bearing detectors. Um, One was... So between 150 and 200 degrees Fahrenheit, they got to stop the train and inspect. And if it's over 200 Fahrenheit, they got to just stop all operations, call it off and, and, and fix it. So the video going around is showing the videos of what we saw of the fire going on under, underneath the train and, and suggesting how these temperatures are well under the steel melting point and um, bearing, bearing grease, flashpoint. So it's saying, what's the fire from? Uh, I did a little digging into it, and and I found some videos that are like ten years old on the subject of train bearing failure, which is apparently the main the main thing that can go wrong. And apparently, it goes back so far. It's it it, it doesn't seem the argument that it's um that it's a maintenance issue that they just need to have more maintenance. It's a failure of maintenance does not seem to be the case. That's, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have all these high-tech infrared hot boxes. I mean, obviously it's a thing and that's like the main thing because that's what, that seems to be the, the only real detection they have going on. Which makes sense. Trains are pretty simple. So, um, but what I did find is that when they, when these go bad, they split open and the axle grease inside that was encased inside of these bearings, that will catch fire. And that's what the fires are from. Like there is, you can find other, you can find older videos on YouTube of these things. Fires from bearings. So anyways, my point being is that doesn't seem to be, that's, it seems to be that, that that story that the bearings failed, Um, I guess that adds up. But... Here's where I guess where, where it doesn't, um, where it doesn't add up is the story. I mean, to me, it doesn't, and if I'm wrong about any of this stuff, let me know. Cause we're kind of going through this together. This is our little investigation Sunday, but uh, according to the story, after they got the third warning or the third, the, the first reading was, uh, I think it was like under 150 degrees. Second reading was was like, a, I think, 170 degrees. So they should have gotten, on the second one, they should have stopped the train, according to the regulations. Uh, I think they claimed they didn't get that second one. On the third one, they, it was 237 Fahrenheit, which is a definite stop the train and, and stop everything you're doing. And so at that point, they did, according to the official story, after they got that third reading from the third hot box, they immediately stopped the train they got off the train and as soon as they got off the train they saw fire down the down the way down yonder and they determined that there must have been a derailment and so according to the wording what i read was they had no idea that there was a derailment until they got off the train looked down and saw fire and then they're like, oh, shoot, we must have derailed it. Um, now, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't, I'm not a train engineer. I'm not a. Um, I'm trying to think of the proper, to show respect, the proper uh, term. Is it engineer? I'm not sure. Um, I don't run trains. I don't ride trains. Uh, I've been on a couple trains But it just seems, when you see the pictures of this derailment, I mean, there were like a dozen cars that were all, a dozen cars that were just all smashed up on each other. Like, uh, what's the word? Accordioned. I don't know if that's the right word, but you get it. Um, How does that happen and you don't feel it? I understand it's far back behind you and I understand there's like tons of weight. I get it, but it's mostly steel and steel is highly, what's the word? Is it resonant? The word, you know, I mean, if you're, if you had a steel plate, that's miles long and someone on one end hit it with a hammer and you were holding the other. And don't you think you'd feel something? I don't know. So I don't know, but that seemed weird. Anyways, that's not a big deal. It's, it's totally not a big deal. I should have put a note on there, you know, don't trail off about that because it probably, it could simply be for us just simply these guys covering their ass, you know, like, hey, man, we hit, we, we hit the brakes. We got out, you know. maybe you wouldn't feel it i find that interesting and then they did a forced explosion it's important i thought it was important to note that they you know they they used explosives they um they packed some of these cars with explosives and they blew it up and i think that's important to note because of what we saw the the smoke plumes there was a lot of discussion as to what you could tell was burning by the color of the smoke and the way it burned and stuff like that. That could have all been part of the explosion. You know, that could have all been been put there with the explosives, whatever. Um, I think that's just important to note. They could have soaked it up. There was all kinds of Experts chiming in, still chiming in, saying uh, that they didn't have that. Blowing it up was stupid. It was as stupid as us laymen thought it was. You know, I don't think anyone who saw it was like, "Oh, that makes sense." You got to blow it up. You gots to blow it up. That doesn't make sense. I don't think it made sense to anyone. And uh, the experts are saying, yeah, it doesn't make sense. The experts are saying what I think most people would think is you could just sort of vacuum, vacuum it up into a safe container and then ship it off somewhere and dump it. <laughs> you know? Like, that's another thing I think that's important to keep in mind throughout today's talk is like it's important like the idea of health and well-being we're talking about all kinds of poisons and stuff like that subtext is focus on health and well-being it's true psychosomatics are real uh i'll i'll just say during i think it was omicron i even made a video kind of making fun of it and i and i, I was i think i was well aware of of it being not real in my mind. Like, I don't even think I believed in it. Uh, I still kind of thought I was getting sick. And now that it's all said and done, I kind of think it was psychosomatic. I think, I think some of the symptoms I was experiencing are explainable from a From a lot of sauna, I was using a lot of sauna. This is a whole other story now, but uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, and uh, so I think there was an actual thing I was doing in my life that was different, that was affecting me, and I m- thought the symptom might have been COVID or whatever, even though I didn't believe in COVID, but still, it was enough for me. All the crazy hype, and I don't know if you guys remember, but back back then it was real cra- I mean, it's it's still crazy but it seems pretty chill compared to how it was back then, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, my point being is you can make yourself... I think I believe in psychosomatic illness. I believe that's what I was experiencing. And if it was what I was experiencing, then what I find very interesting is that it, uh, there are symptoms. There are actual physical things. It's not all in your head. Like your head can make it happen, if you know what I mean. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that at all. So the point, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, uh, believe it or not, this is uh, this is good news. <laughs> well, all things considered uh, in the idea of psychosomatics and everything. But the good news is, is that we've been living in a chemical dump for our entire lives. Like these... Um I guess they don't get away with it as much as they do anymore. And they're probably running out of uh, areas to dump it. And they've already been fined like billions of dollars for illegally dumping um, for decades. And they just, they're still here. The same companies are still here plugging away. I mean, this has been going on forever. I mean, depleted uranium all over the world, including the big island of Hawaii, Fukushima still just melting down, I believe, nonstop still to this day, 10 years later, in the ocean. You know, the Gulf of Mexico, core exit, millions of gallons. Uh, You know? Chemtrails, don't even know exactly what they are. Water. Hopefully, you guys are drinking good water. But even if you're not, the point I'm trying to make is uh, we're very resilient, and a lot of it is in our heads. So as long as we are focusing on health and well-being and keeping ourselves healthy and thriving and happy and joyful and productive, then... um, then we then we don't have much to worry about, you know. put your faith in God and work your butt off and enjoy yourself. anyways, moving on. there's uh, so yeah, they could have soaked it up, uh, but they didn't. they um, they burned it, they exploded it and they made this huge, huge spectacle that now everyone's talking about. And there's too many circumstances to call this a coincidence. I think I've already made that. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So then the question is, well, why? And then the answer is always going to be so many reasons. That's part of, uh, that's twofold one is because it's more efficient from an accounting perspective if you're going to go big you might as well go real big and get as much done as you can possibly get done and there's another uh aspect to it too which is that it helps keep it covered because that's always going to be the big answer is why did they do it and and if you can have multiple answers To that, then it just throws confusion to the average person. It kind of makes it; uh, it just muddles it a bit for some, I guess. I think I think you know what I'm I'm saying. But I think the main one, obviously, is just the accounting to accomplish as much as possible. They exploded it up, and um, And everyone's talking about it now, and like I said last week, there's I haven't seen like overwhelming evidence at all. I, I don't even think I've seen evidence, photographic evidence of these dead animals. I've seen one series of photos where a guy was like walking through the woods, picking up, he had a, a single dead frog and he had a single dead fish. And he, I mean, I think I saw maybe six animals and they were all individual. They were all, all like, they weren't like more than one animal. Like there weren't like frogs or fishes that makes a difference. That's not evidence. No offense to the dead frog and fish. I'm sure they were great, and uh, we miss them, and we love them. But um, that's not evidence to me of of what we're being told. We're, we're, what we're being told, it does sound like like the second like an American Chernobyl, as like people are saying it is. You know. Um. The chemical bronchitis seems to be a real thing, and that is horrible. But I don't think that's evidence of what we're being told with the vinyl chloride. I don't know. Anyways, we're not going to get into that this for this episode. We already talked about that last week. Um, and I'm not, this is no offense to if there's any, if I'm missing something if there is massive if there is evidence of of this being as bad as it is i uh, don't i don't mean to uh you know show any disrespect i just i'm just looking to see it i i think for very good reason i have become very skeptical of uh of the news feed um another interesting tidbit is the like 15 tanks tanker trucks of nickel oxide uh, trucks, not trains that were going into East Palestine like a week after the crash someone 's got a video of it. The person who took the video was playing detective, I guess, and actually questioned one of the drivers what they were carrying and the driver told him water this is a you know hearsay and um or you know it's i guess that 's the the original reporter. According to the original reporter, I should show a little more respect. The original reporter uh, reported that they talked to the truck driver and the truck driver told them that they were transferring water. And yet the videos show clearly that the the legal uh, disclosure label on the truck uh, were labeled as nickel oxide, which when you look into nickel oxide... Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure what some people are suggesting. It, it could have mixed with the vinyl chloride and made it more uh, dissolvable into water. Is what I've read. Some people claiming. I don't know if I've seen any evidence of that. That also reminds me of core exit. I don't know if it's true, but if that's true, the core exit. That's what core exit was the excuse for using it in the Gulf, you know, uh, the oil is organic. The oil that came up into the Gulf just came up from a hole underneath the Gulf, you know? So I'm sure it happens all the time. Maybe not above the surface like that and maybe not to the amount that we saw in the Gulf oil spill, but still... It's organic. It's natural. It was just underneath the water. The water is going to be fine. Um, the core exit is like total poison and toxins. And, and everyone was, I mean, I guess it wasn't as bad as people said it was because at the time, everyone, it was a big thing. Like it was going to kill everyone. It was going to kill all the life in the Gulf. And um, I haven't seen... Just like Fukushima, I haven't seen all the, it wasn't as bad so far as people said it was going to be. Maybe there is really genuinely a flexibility and a power uh, that we have when we do focus on health and well-being. A lot of people are saying that Yeah, I'll take a segue really quick. I'm gonna take a segue here. Focusing on health and well-being, uh focusing on uh, you know, the idea of um if you're positive, optimistic, then life unfolds in more of a sort of a good luck way, a good f a more fortunate way for you than if you have a negative and pessimistic outlook. I will say that uh uh, I've seen evidence of that. I um the the most downtrodden, bad luck people I've met were the most pessimistic, negative outlook people I met. I I took notice of that. Anyways, uh the segue is uh the <laughs> segue is the uh Mandela effect. Now I'm gonna be doing a Reese report video on the Mandela effect. Um for Substack here, for subscribers only, that'll probably be my next one. If not my next one, in then in the next couple. But uh, I think it's going to be my next one. And it's based on this. I've seen a few. Okay, so if anyone doesn't know what the Mandela Effect is, the Mandela Effect is basically what people are calling this thing that people just started talking about five years ago, ten years ago not 10 years ago, but maybe 10 years ago. Anyways, uh, of um, the past being rewritten as if realities are changing. Not all of them, because there's a lot lot of things that I don't pay attention to and most of them have to do. And some of them aren't that compelling. Some of them could just be marketing changes. But this one isn't. (laughs) So um, here's... I think by far the most compelling example I've experienced on the Mandela effect is New Zealand is now, on according to the map of, and according to online, it's the uh, New Zealand is now southeast of Australia. I think I have. Uh, a couple listeners down under. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this, but I mean, I'll tell you. I, I lived in New Zealand for a year back in 2014, and for at least a year, I was I was pretty much on a map looking at New Zealand every day. Um. At first, before I moved there for research, uh, and then once I was there for research, I I was uh, I was very New Zealand focused while I was there. I was considering I, I moved there as a carpenter rebuilding after the earthquake, and I was there considering um, living there because I had an inn. I could have, if I wanted to, kept my job as a carpenter and, uh, been on the path to citizenship within 10 years. So I was there, uh, you know, doing my news. Anyways, point being is, uh, it was Northeast of Australia. There's a, if you look up, um, New Zealand and the Mandela effect. So anyways, I I found this just randomly yesterday. I was uh, just looking at a map, uh, focusing over at Australia, and I noticed that New Zealand was now southeast or southeast of Australia, right? It It was below it. And so right away, I got right away that got my attention. And I was like, what? What's wrong with this map? And then I just did a quick search and according to my, I mean, I haven't, I haven't combed the entire internet for proof, <laughs> like archives and stuff, but give me a break. Uh, I found right away, I found an article making fun of people like me. It says, New Zealand and the Mandela Effect, meet the folks who remember New Zealand being in a different place. And then it's an article on Stuff.com New Zealand so it's a New Zealand, I believe it's a New Zealand website. And it's uh, talking about how I, I, I'm i not alone, <laughs> which is nice. So, and then they make fun of, uh, I'm not alone, which makes, I mean, I th- the fact that they have this article tells me that I'm not alone. It tells me that there's actually a lot of people. There's enough people out there uh, th- from my reality <laughs> Uh, that they made an article about this making fun of us. So, I don't know. I mean, how do you explain that? How do you explain that that, uh, an an overwhelming minority? I don't know. Is it a majority? I don't know. A, a, A notable number of people all remember it in a specific different way. It's weird. It's weird. And uh anyways that's that's my segue. I'm going to jump back into into the into the 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 the, the thing. <laughs> and uh but I'd like to hear from you. Like do you also are you on my do you remember New Zealand being where I'm talking about like if you want to know exactly where I remember it, see that's the, the interesting thing is this this article on stuff.com new zealand called New Zealand and the Mandela effect meet the folks who remember New Zealand being in a different place. This is a 2016 article and the picture that they use to make fun of the people like me, the they have it exactly where I remember it. Right? So anyways, if you want to see exactly where I remember it, then you can look it up there. And I also remember it being a 16-hour difference from New York City. Or, you know, Eastern Standard Time. Cleveland. And uh it's not anymore. It's now it's now 17. <laughs> So, it's like, what? Very weird. Before this one, my Mandela Effect experiences were limited. The the craziest ones were more like movies being different than I remembered. And those are compelling too. Uh, Especially because the new ones in the new reality don't make sense. It's almost like they want you to... Archa- uh Jason Bashir's on Archaics suggests that this is, he refers to, when I say God, I just mean the, 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 the creator, you know, like, I don't understand. I don't know if God's a man or a woman, or I don't even know if God has a gender. Uh, I have no idea. So I, when I use the word God, that's what I'm implying, I suppose, is. But anyways, Jason Breshears does not use the word God. I think he uses the word soliloquim, which is sort of synonymous, I guess, to the creator of this place that we're in. Uh, But anyways, he says that he suggests that this Mandela effect is its way of letting us know that this place can change and that perhaps we can change it which I think is interesting. And anyways, that was the whole point of my segue was to once again amplify the subtext, which is no longer becoming subtext, is it? That, uh, that we need to focus on our own health and our own well-being. You know, we need to sing a joyful noise every day. Important to talk about on the subject. Because even though it's all about, it's a a negative title, isn't it? It's all about the poison, because it's not all about the poison. But it is for this weird satanic cabal. For whatever reason, Maybe, maybe because they're a weird satanic cabal. Maybe weird satanic cabals do what weird satanic cabals do. Okay, so what else? Here's some interesting stuff I learned. The there is a in 2022, one of the biggest petrochemical plants in a, in the in the in the United States ever opened up in Pennsylvania just 15 miles from East Palestine where the train wreck happened. As the crow flies, just under 15 miles. It's about a 40-minute drive on the legal roads. It's the Pennsylvania Shell Ethylene Cracker Plant, cracker plant. It's in Potter Township, Pennsylvania, Beaver County, and it made it's right on the Ohio River. You look you can Google it, YouTube it, you'll find all kinds of videos, high quality H D videos showing it off. It's the latest, greatest, hugest petrochemical plant. You'll find uh there was all kinds of uh local activists protesting it, you know, saying hey, look, anything can happen and uh and they're not gonna be held accountable. You know, they can they can unleash all this you know, death into the local area and uh, what are they going to do? And then uh, before they even got started, they already announced that they're going to be the second largest polluter in the state of Pennsylvania. They have a permit application that allows them to release like thousands of tons of, of uh, carbon monoxide every year and like tons and tons of all kinds of volatile organic compounds. Like their, their permit application allows them to release tons of poison into their direct air environment. And their direct environment is the Ohio river. They're right on the river. They're along the river. It's just weird. And they're allowed to let off a certain amount of stuff. So anyways, uh, I think it was uh, Squirrel Patrol. I'll tell you in a second. Squirrel Tribe on YouTube. If you haven't uh, been following Squirrel Tribe on YouTube when it comes to the Ohio train wreck, you got to check it out. She does good work. But uh, uh, th- this is who I've been getting the uh, info on Pennsylvania Shell Ethylene Cracker Plant. And um, she is sort of her the dot connecting that she's doing is with the the uh, medical information bracelets that people of East Palestine were getting signed up for and how they were signing them up, signing them up for that just a couple months before the train crash and just handing them out just a week before the train crash. Uh, Connecting that dot with this Pennsylvania shell ethylene cracker plant that In order, they already know. They already know that their normal operations are going to uh, be responsible for death and sickness in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. They already know it. You, how do they know it? Because it's in their permit application that you can find online. It's like a legal. It's like a legal disclosure. and uh and so they already know that they're gonna be that they're allowed you know and, and why are they allowed to let tons and tons of this poison out? Well, because they have to, man, <laughs> you know I mean that's what they got that's how it goes down when they get this permit. I don't know if there's like a judge involved or whatever, but it's like it's like, look, if we're gonna do this job that we that we have to do. Then that's just the way it is, man. You got to crack some eggs if you want to make an omelet. And they were like, all right, sure, I get it. Okay, well, fine. Well, then you're only allowed to do this amount. Is that okay? Will you, will you still make a good amount of money if, you, if you're only like letting out this amount of hundreds of tons of poison? <laughs> yeah? Okay, good. Well, here's your permit then. Good luck. But the problem that they they could foreseeably have is the local residents starting to you know get sick and then point the finger at them and and file lawsuits against them so this uh youtuber is suggesting that maybe one of the one of the motivations, like I said earlier, there's always gonna be as many motivations as there's gonna be as many reasons as possible look at nine eleven you could i mean from the insurance policies to the uh asbestos to the trading uh the speed speed trading to uh i mean on and on the war on terror obviously on and on and on There's so many different reasons as many reasons as as, as a room of, as a government full of bureaucrats can come up with in however much time they have to come up with it you know but anyways uh she's suggesting that this one of the reasons could have been to to uh Blame sicknesses and deaths from Pennsylvania Shell ethylene cracker plant on this Ohio train spill. You know, if anyone gets sick and dies now from their normal day functions of releasing hundreds of tons of poisons into the environment every day, well, at least every year, you know, break it down. So I don't know, just hundreds of pounds of toxins into the air every day. Um, Then uh, they can just blame it on that uh, accidental train crash. So anyways, who knows? Interesting. It does seem that that's where the train was delivering all that stuff to. It, It was directly on its path, and that's kind of what they use, vinyl chloride. But I think it's more this next thing, and this next thing is probably going to be my next report. I just started digging into it this morning as I was doing notes for the show and it's based on, where is it? Someone sent me, Ah, oh, here it is. Health Seeker, a quest for health. Uh, seeker of health. This is from at Seeker of Health on Twitter. Health Seeker. I don't know if you listen to my podcast but uh, thanks. Thanks for sending this. So this is based off of something uh, I found and was sent. I was sent this by Health Seeker on uh, their blog spot. Blogspot.com. Healthseeker.blogspot. Health, I'm sorry, if you're trying to find this, it's health Seeker dot blog spot, and the name of the the title of this article is Rockefeller's United Nations America 2050 prospectus and um, uh, I'm kind of digging through this still I actually I just kind of went through this for the first time right before my podcast uh, as I was jotting notes down, and then as and then I was like, "Oh, I think this is my next report." So, if you're familiar with uh, Agenda 21 and then Agenda 30 by the United Nations, uh, if you're not, or if you're not familiar, I recommend you look into that. Agenda 21 and Agenda 30. You're going to find it referenced in this article. If you look up this article here. Rockefellers United Nations America 2050 prospectus um, but it's basically it's basically the United Nations declared plan to confiscate all of America <laughs> right basically to move everyone into uh, the cities, and uh, take control of the land. Obviously, there's a lot of value there. They can then, you know, mine and do whatever they want. A lot of money. So, uh, with that in mind, this is America 2050. And this is a, this is also a Rockefeller, like, think tank thing. Well, let's get into it. I'm just going to kind of read. Like I said, I'm, this is kind of new to me. So I'm just going to read this. The following facts and reference links posted here are how it appears they will be able to seize the land needed with the assistance of the EPA for toxic exposure on currently owned lands with super funds. CERCLA, C-E-R-C-L-A. This is new information to me. This is some type of law. I'm not sure yet what kind of law this is, but... If you look up Circla, there are some type there's some type of legal framework here set up that allows the EPA the ability to uh force a landowner to give up their land basically. And it's um it's using this document here, America 2050 prospectus for high-speed rail. And this is through, uh, Rockefeller philanthropy advisors, RPA. And, um... And so what it is here is, like I said, I got to dig into it more, but it's this plans for this this new rail system by 2050. And if you are... um, See, here's the thing. This is why I say it's all about the poisons. Because these families... They had um, What am I trying to say? I use the example of like hemp. Back then when the oil magnates came up with the oil hemp was becoming a revolutionary thing. You can make Everything that you're doing with petroleum right now, you, you used to be able to do with it. It was being done with hemp. Medicines were being made. Plastic was being made. There, You can go online, still on YouTube, and you can search Henry Ford's hemp car, and you'll see these cars that he made that were using hemp and wheat for plastic. So like a totally organic, nature-friendly plastic. And the plastics were hard enough... The film footage you'll find uh, includes him with a sledgehammer smashing the back windshield of one of these hemp plastic windshields with a sledgehammer in, in the winter. So in freezing temperatures, these plastic windshields could take a sledgehammer. Multiple blows. Um... He was not only making these cars out of hemp and wheat plastic, but he was planning, he was announcing opening up hundreds of fuel stations all over the country, fueled uh, with hemp. So the Rockefellers could have just cornered the hemp market, they could have just made themselves the hemp kings and still gotten all the money and they could have been folk heroes as well they could have been instead of being like the evil villains they could have been uh you know folk heroes so there, why do i say that i don't know maybe things just happen maybe hindsight's 2020 20. And maybe some people are just like operating on a much lower frequency. I don't know. But I guess it always, I guess what I'm getting at is I guess it always seemed to me that they deliberately chose the more poisonous, toxic choice. Like, I'm not opposed to, um, to burning oil, not at all. It seems to me to be a, the evidence actually shows that it's an organic substance. It's like water. It's obviously m- much different than water, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's like water in that it is a natural organic part of this earth, it's a liquid form, and it flows. And it does not seem to be well, we know that the Rockefellers and the e p a are who finagled the idea that it's a fossil fuel. There really is no evidence of that that's just a wild theory and I would even say it's not even a wild theory. I would say it's a lie that was created by the Rockefellers with and had the help of the e p a uh to make it to make it legal quote unquote legal. <laughs> and the reason why is cuz it allows them the ability to play with the price. They can say it's going to run out. They could say it's all going to go, it's uh it's all hey, we're almost there. It's almost gone. All that stuff. It adds a level of scarcity. But what if that scarcity isn't really there? I mean, I'm sure it's there to some degree, just like with the water is is not the water is, seem probably limited. But the point being is a lot of these oil wells seem to refill back up. Uh, and it's an organic substance. And I got no problem with burning it. That's all I'm trying to say. I got no problem with turning it into gas and going real fast in the car. You know, vroom, vroom, vroom. It's a lot of fun. Everyone loves it. It's good time. It's inspired uh, some of the coolest cars which I think is a very, I think it's one of the coolest art forms there are. Obviously not all cars are art forms, but many are. I think uh, if you got a car and you love your car, I think that's kind of a work of art. You know what I mean? Um, It's kind of like our horse, but it's not a living thing. But it ought to be considered... Kind of, it's kind of like your horse, you know. So it's cool to think of it as at least as art, if not as like your your uh, beloved friend (laughs) helping you get from point A to point B. Anyways, I don't got no problem with that. So I'm not anti uh, oil or anything. I'm not saying oil is a poison, but what they did with it is they made it everything. They replaced, for example, hemp. That's why hemp is a great example because hemp was already doing all this stuff and uh, doing it in a very holistic way. And then petroleum basically came and replaced it all and made it toxic. You know, Now our medicines are made with petrochemicals. Our medicines are no longer made of natural herbs, uh, you know, that have been, um, you know, turned into tinctures or whatever. You can still get the good, you can still get the, the, the natural holistic stuff, but not from your doctor. Your doctor is going to prescribe the petrochemical version. And that's exactly what they are. They're like uh, a room full of petrochemical Oil doctors, and their job is to try to come up with a petrochemical version of some natural substance that people have relied on for centuries, if not millennia, for medicine, you know? Anyways, so this is all Rockefeller stuff. And and, then my point being about the whole uh, they could have done it with hemp is I think that uh, it's all about the poison. I think the main thing that they're trying to accomplish is death. That's their main goal. And it's all disguised as greed. That's what it'll be blamed on greed. And, um, and they'll be accomplishing death. And that's why it's like, it's, it's all fake and bogus when we have this whole like blame and blame the fat cats at the corporate level. These guys I mean, it's their fault. I mean, is it really their fault? Or are we just allowing this all over, over years and years and years of just allowing it? Like, for example, like once again, this Pennsylvania Shell ethylene cracker plant, they have a permit, a legal permit that allows them to release hundreds of tons of toxins and poisons into your neighbor if you live in beaver county guess what they're now legally allowed to just pollute your county in fact they are they're legally right out of the gate the second largest polluter in the state of pennsylvania right there in beaver county You know, and it doesn't have to be like this, folks. <laughs> what do they do? they plastic. They make plastics. Where, uh, was it a hundred years ago? It was like a hundred years ago. They were making cars out of plastic, but the plastic was made with wheat and hemp. What a difference, huh? What a difference that would make. It doesn't have to be toxic. It doesn't have to be poisonous. It was made that way 100 years ago. Our medicine is, it was shifted and turned into toxic, poisoned, petrochemical medicines. That's the big one. And the plastics, too. The plastics don't have to be Petroleum. In fact, it looked to me like the hemp wheat plastic was a lot stronger than any petroleum plastic I've ever seen. I've smashed plastic up in the winter and it breaks. <laughs> but not the not if it's hemp and wheat. You know what I'm saying, folks? We're we've been the past 100 years has been like a retardation a de a evolution. Yes. Sir-ee. All right. So going on here on the Health Seeker blog spot. Basically there uh she refers to this um circla. This thing called windfall leans. Lean. So if um So if you know what a lean is, a lien is basically, I, I only know what a lean is a little bit from when I was in the building industry. And I was always a carpenter or plumber. I was never in the management business area of construction. But I would have friends who were in the management business section and I would hear them refer to liens. Uh, A homeowner can take a lien out uh, and a contractor can take a lien out. And a lien is basically, I think in the best layman terms I can say, it's basically like a legal protection for payment. You're basically saying the This entity here owes me this much money and and uh I'm going to put this lien out and it's not a good thing to have. <laughs> I don't understand it completely, but when you start like there are people that are able to lawfully do liens on government officials I've heard I don't know if that's true or not, but apparently I don't know apparently it's a it it, it comes with some hefty legal weight behind it one of these liens and this windfall lien that's part of this epa CERCLA, c-e-r-c-l-a it allows the epa to come in and and basically say like for example in east palestine according to these documents the epa could come into east palestine and say okay This is bad, and we need to clean it up. And it's going to cost a lot of money to do that. But here's the good news. Once we do clean it up, the value of the land is going to be worth more money. And so we have it in our legal authority to increase the value of that land based on how it is after we clean it up. But the bad news is, is you're going to have to pay for it. We'll front it to you. We'll come in and we'll clean it up and we'll take care of everything. And uh, we'll even jack up the price uh, to, to match how valuable it is now that the EPA has come in there and, and cleaned everything up. But you're going to have to pay for that bill. And so obviously people aren't going to be able to pay for it because it's millions and millions of dollars. And uh, then they get to take it because of this lien, because of this windfall lien. Oh, you can't pay? Sorry. And then they also have a thing called uh, BF... Let's see if I can find it here. I said I was going to read the article, and I'm not, am I? I'm just skimming it. Something like approved buyers, um, where they're allowed to sell to, if you're an approved buyer, you have to go through some process of them to be make sure that, that, that they allow you to do it. It's basically, it sounds like you're, you know, it's like just to keep it in their little private members-only club. Then certain people can be approved to buy this land, and if you're approved to buy it, you get it on the super cheap <laughs> so what am i saying it it basically appears to be a total land grab and um and then she goes on and lists from January to February of 2023 And this is all uh, backed out. She's corrected. Uh, she's got links here and everything. But anyways, here, uh, February 28th, uh, train derailment and hazardous materials in Florida. The 24th of February, Harris County, Texas, 2 million gallons of oh, of firefighting water from the East Palestine train derailment site are expected to be... Okay, so that's interesting, too. Um, They had hazardous material from the cleanup in East Palestine that they were actually driving all the way to Harris County, Texas, to dispose of. This is where uh, Squirrel Tribe pointed out how in Harris County, Texas, is another company owned by Shell Petrochemical. Or, um, anyways, I might I might got that one wrong. Doesn't matter. Moving on the list, there's a, all right, there's a there's a fire at the uranium plant, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. <clears throat> what I find interesting here is all in this area. So let's just stick to this area. In West Virginia, there was an explosion and fire at a metals plant in February of twenty one. In Bedford, Ohio, there was a metals plant fire in February 20th. In Warren, Ohio, there was an industrial steel plant explosion in February 18th. On February 18th, there's a 18-inch pipe bomb found near railway tracks where East Palestine Norfolk trains seem to be heading in In Philadelphia, in Willoughby, Ohio, there was a massive construction fire on February 17th. There's a lot I'm skipping. I'm just skipping. There's a lot all over the country. And I'm just skipping to go to this area for in. uh, Okay, and then February 6th, there was the toxic burn chemical bomb in East Palestine, Ohio, On February 3rd, there was the derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. On December 21st, there was a big plant fire in Jefferson County, Ohio. And then back in uh, September, there was a big steel plant in Ohio, right near the West Virginia border. Yeah. So, anyways, blah blah blah. So, I mean, it goes back. Pretty interesting article here. And the gist of this article is uh it does seem to be when you when you factor in this 2050 railway plan devised by the Rockefeller. Philanthropy advisors. <laughs> uh, it's sort of the um one of the pieces that fits right together with Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. You know. It explains why the rail system has been garbage for you know our lifetimes. When I was in my twenties, I remember taking Amtrak train across country. And back then it would stop all the time. It was one of the, at the time it was, you know, they had a rail car, of, of, a view, like a scenic car that was right next to the bar car and the snack car. So you could drink and eat snacks and look out the window at the scene while the train was stopped for sometimes two hours to clear tracks or fix something And uh, I, I mean, I took a train a few times back then in my twenties, and that was a normal thing about taking Amtrak. That was the drawback of taking Amtrak. Amtrak's were cheap, and there was no security checks, so there was lots of convenience to them. But that was the drawback: is the the railways were crap, and that was always the excuse that they would give on these shutdowns when you'd go outside to have a cigarette back then I was a smoker, so I'd go out and out with the smokers is is also a bunch of people being like, well, so what's going on, man? You know, what's the holdup? And that's always the answer. Oh, well, you know, it's like everything's breaking down. Everything needs to be replaced. We don't have the funds, blah, 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 blah. And so, yeah, these Rockefeller types They really like the death. That's really what it's about. It's more about the death than the greed, if you ask me. I mean, I might be wrong, but if you ask me. And they just just figured out a way to work them hand in hand. So, anyways that's basically it. It's all about the poison. That's my, uh, and as you can see, that's probably why I haven't made it into a report because it just kind of, you know, it is where it is. It doesn't really, there is no, the, the real story folks is focus on your health and your well being. That's the real story. And don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Uh, that you're going to get sick and die. (laughs) Uh, I don't mean to laugh, but I do mean to laugh because sometimes laughter is what we need. And uh, like I said, you got to remind yourself, um, if you're old enough to remember Fukushima, you know, everyone was going to die when Fukushima happened. And there was a lot of good reason to say that. Same thing with the Gulf, the core exit. And, uh, And, uh, you know, we're still alive and kicking. I mean, you can say that people are getting sick and and this and that, but hey, I'm not saying we can't do anything about it. I'm saying we got to do something about it. The first thing we got to do is take control of our own health and our own well-being, really take it seriously. We got to drink clean water. We got to eat real food. And we got to exercise, stay fit, and stay on top of this thing. And then... We got to change this world we live in, you know. We got to get rid of these psychopaths that want to focus on the poison, and we got to get it back to that. We got to get the hemp, right? Hemp and things like it. I've been kind of uh, getting into aquaponics lately. Researching aquaponics—that's my new dream. I want to. I want a massive. I want to own the neighborhood aquaponics farm. That's what I want. So uh yeah, folks, time to uh be the change that we want to see, and time is running out, so we got to do it now. so I hope you guys uh, I hope you guys are not only super healthy and happy and well, but I hope you're kicking ass too. you know what I'm saying? I hope you're doing something to be that change, and um I'll speak for myself. It's time for me to crank up the volume on that a little bit myself. And really start getting more proactive. So that's it, folks. That is today's podcast. Thank you for joining me. Hope you guys have a great week. I will see you next week.